There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So many of us feel stuck and unsure of how to make positive changes in life. Journaling is a proven way of keeping yourself on track and creating lasting change. The How I Quit Alcohol Playbook will take you through 365 days of gratitude, daily affirmation and loads of techniques to help you stay on track and head towards a clearer future. Head to the show notes or iquitalcohol.com.au to grab yourself a copy today. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol, another session with the beautiful Sam Brown, who I'm so jealous of because... She's zooming in from Bali, the island of the gods. Oh, my God. How is it, Sam? Oh, Danny. <laughs> it's amazing. I feel like I'm at home, honestly. Oh, far out. I love it here. I've missed traveling so much, and it just feels so good to be back out in the world. I'm just feeling very blessed and just enjoying every minute of the warmth. Uh, and just, yeah, just being here is uh, super special. Yeah, it's such a beautiful place. And Oh, God, I miss it. I love it so much. So I can't wait to get back there as well. But what an extraordinary act of self-love to take yourself away for a month and just go and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and that's why perfect timing uh, with this conversation today because it's actually my birthday month this month. And, you know, I actually had this trip planned two years ago and it was just with my girlfriends and we were just kind of hanging out. And then I just had this feeling, I was like, you know what, I'm just actually going to tap on another week to come to my most favourite place, which is uh, Ubud. I love to be in the jungle, uh, in nature up here. So I've actually given myself the gift of one extra week in the silence and stillness up in the forest. So it's just divine. Amazing. Oh, my God. 
Well, good on you. I think you absolutely deserve it, as does everyone deserves to take some time for themselves. And as you say, timely, because that's what we want to talk about today, which is the topic of self-love. Self-love can be a bit of a tricky one for people. One I've just covered with my current challenge group, who've just finished. Congratulations, guys. They've just done their six weeks. But, you know, we talk about this concept of loving yourself. And I know it's a very hard thing. I don't know if it's just an Australian thing, the tall poppy thing, that up yourself thing, you know, to love yourself can seem conceited. And it's not that at all, is it? It's mm. it's about, it's not a conceited thing. It's about really connecting to your, to your source, to yourself. How do you view self-love, Sam, if we were to talk about that? Oh, Danny, self-love is honestly, or love in general, is just my most favourite thing to talk about. So, you know, just coming back to what you said about this kind of sense of like if you love yourself, then you can see that that is just absolute conditioning and it's absolute bullshit, like it is bullshit. So, you know, we really have to really redefine what we know about love and and what does love mean to us. And what I've really, you know, in my experience and study of self and love, I come to realize that uh, most of us actually don't know what love is. So we see love as in something that's placed on the other. But when we bring it back to the sense of self-love, it's self-connection. It's coming back home to our self, honoring our self. And self, what is self? Self is the absolute. It's all parts of us. So when we talk about love, it's loving all parts of us. And the true meaning of love is love is the acceptance of ourself as a beautiful being, ourself as a beautiful being, not someone else, not something else. Love is us. Love is actually who we are. So there is this huge misconception about I love you and you love me and if you go away then I don't have your love and it's a, it's a huge misconception and that's why there's so much pain attached with this kind of relationship, um, personal love. Um, it's so much more deeper than that. So, you know, I really want to dive deep in that today, talking about, you know, what what is self-love and how do we show it and how do we embrace it because it is mm-hmm. the foundation of who we are. And if we don't have that, we're kind of like on this unsteady surface you know disconnected from the truth of we are and it's you know life gets a little bit wobbly and we feel a sense of either something's missing or we feel a little bit disconnected or we feel like there's just something more and that more is that acceptance of ourself as a beautiful being like how much can Mm. we truly accept ourselves? Yeah, and it can be very hard if you've if you've been in a situation where you're drinking and your life is feeling out of control, it can be so hard to kind of cultivate that because we don't accept ourselves. And I know for myself, all I can go, and also from what you said the other week, you know, thinking you were a bad egg. And I think we've both come from that place where we didn't love ourselves. And I know for myself that when I was really in the grips of drinking alcohol, I just, I I hated myself. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I thought I was a shit person, just that there was something wrong with me, sort of like what you were saying the other week. And I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't even look in the mirror. 
and I realize now having the distance and having done a lot of work on myself, oh God, it breaks my heart to look back at that, but it took a long time. So it's not something that happens overnight, really, is it? It's something that's a slow process learning to love yourself. Yeah, it, it really is. But, it, you know, it just comes back to this is your purpose in life, you know, and and these things that we go through, these mistakes that we make, you know, if you look at it as not good or bad, it's just a, a life opportunity to learn and grow. So that kind of takes the pressure of ourself of being a fuck up or like thinking we're totally shit or we really screwed that up. If we take that pressure off of it being good or bad, right or wrong, and just go, wow, what was the lesson in that experience? Like we look at life from that lens as opposed to some conditioned way that life needs to look and be or feel. And we sort of come back to, okay, like everyone makes mistakes. We, we all do, but can we honestly be with ourselves in that without the self-judgment? Can we just be in that place of acknowledgement? Oh, that felt really shit. You know, when I did X, Y, Z, I had this feeling. I didn't like that feeling. Okay, so the mind's like now, okay, I didn't really like that feeling. Now I've got some space to choose how I actually want to go forward. So you know, it really comes back to this place. First, firstly, is like just being with ourselves, being still with ourselves. And I know that's a really hard place for a lot of us to be because if you have that self hate, which you know we spoke about last week, I had it hugely, so much so that I, you know, could have ended my life. I hated myself so much. But that that was all an illusion, you know. It, it wasn't the truth of who I was. That was just like I was trapped in this fear and this story. And I thought that that was who myself was, which in actual fact, it wasn't. So if you are stuck in that place of frustration, anger, self-hate, self-loathing, self-blame, in shame, if you are in that place, know that that is actually not who you are. That is not the truth. Yes, you may have fucked up. So is everyone. (laughs) Welcome to being a human. You know, it's like, let's take the pressure off this trying to be perfect and see life as an opportunity to learn and grow then it doesn't feel so harsh. Then it's just like, oh, okay. So as long as we're learning and growing, you know, that's what we're here to do. So, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, if you do make a mistake, just realign. It's like course correct, but you've got to have that awareness, that center of self to come back to. And this is what we spoke a little bit of last week. It's just like getting clear on who do you want to be? How do you want to show up in the world? What does that look like? What does that feel like? You have to have a an anchoring center point so you know you know which way your compass is going. You you want to know how to move through life. So firstly, get to that place. You know, does this feel good? This behavior, this waking up feeling shit every morning, or is there another way? Do I want to feel up? Wake up feeling fresh? Do I want to f- wake up feeling vital? Do I want to feel energized? Do I want to be positive around my kids? You know, like look at it like that. You have a choice. We all have a choice. And it's not like, oh, it's just, you know, my life's so bad and I've had this, this and this happen. As I said, we've all had shit, every single one of us. So stop using that as an excuse and have this sense of self-responsibility, self-awareness and self-guidance, like trust yourself. You know, this is one of the, such a sad state of humanity is we just don't trust ourselves enough. And I think that's a big part, you know coming back to that trust that to know that innately you always know, you know, when you're drinking, it's not the right thing, you know, even if you tell yourself, oh, it's all good, you know, great time with the friends on the weekend, you know, innately, 
when you get quiet enough, you hear that voice in your mind just going, yeah, actually the noise of the mind gets stronger and we just kind of follow that same habitual path because it's it's conditioned. It's what we know. It feels familiar. So your job is just to really reflect on, you know, how do I want to move forward? Is that the path or is that? And if, it, if you want to keep drinking, fine, choose that. <laughs> you may lead to a little bit more suffering, but, you know, the choice is always yours. But creating this space, coming back to self, self-awareness, and then from that place we get to make choices. Yeah. What if someone has come from a situation, because it's easy for us to say this, but if someone's come from a place a background of abuse, maybe growing up in a situation where they were put down a lot, like I'm talking some, you know, some big T trauma stuff. And so it hasn't been set up for them, for that person, that they're worth anything or that, you know, that they are loved. And so if you've grown up with that belief and if you haven't been modeled that sense of love or that somebody loves you, it it would be incredibly hard for someone to believe that they're lovable. Oh, absolutely. For me, it was almost like, you know, digging yourself out of the trenches. Like I felt like I was so far deep down in the hole that it was, I'm like, how the hell do I get out of this? Like I knew it wasn't right. I knew part of me, as I said, innately, I knew that it it wasn't truth. I knew that there was something more, Um, but it's like, you literally, you've got to have that that little bit of trust just to take those small steps forward. And I think, you know, for anyone that's listening that has been in that situation, I had sexual abuse as well. And it is extremely hard to move through, but it is possible. It really, really, really is possible. You know, it comes back to that self-awareness, but also too is that, you know, when we grow up in that situation, we're so... um, we're taking in, you know, we're taking in what our parents are saying, we're taking in what the environment around us is saying, what was on the TV, you know, what we were constantly being told that, you know, we're not good enough, we're not this, we're not that, we're not worthy. That's the conditioning. That's not us. That's someone else's conditioning being placed on top of us. And that's why we feel constricted, we feel locked in, we feel trapped. And then it's almost easier sometimes to stay in that, like in our little barrier because it's too painful to, 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 you know, to go beyond that. So Mm. know that it's not who you are and that what you are is so much more than that. You know, when we tap into this feeling of, of love, love is unconditional. Love is freedom. Love is peace. Love is joy. Love is bliss. But if we're not experiencing that, the opposite of that is fear. So fear is conditioned. Fear is bounded. Fear is tight. And know that we're either always operating from fear or love. So if you're in that feeling state of like everything feels constricted and tight, that that's your fear. And, it, and fear can show up as, you know, we discussed last week as a protection mechanism for a while. But then we get to this place and it's like, okay, you've protected me so far. And maybe innately you know that there's something more. And then that's the place and time where you go, okay, right. Okay, I'm actually going to start getting a little bit more curious about who I really am. Am I that stuff? Am I those labels? Do I need to carry that baggage? And I don't want to take away from the the trauma and what that, uh, you know, what happens to the nervous system in that state. But, you know, if we really come back to owning our sense of self, Mm. knowing innately that there's something so much more to us, it gives us this power and that power is kind of like this thing that just keeps sustaining us to, to move forward. 
When you're saying that, I'm almost imagining where you said it's like this conditioning that's been placed on top of us. I'm almost imagining like taking away each label and each layer and each circumstance when we, if we can, if that's possible, and that might be working with a a trauma therapist or someone like that to help you peel back the layers. Um, But I, I can almost imagine then you get to the, the heart you get to the root or this actual soul being of who you are without all of the stuff on top of it. And I guess that's the hard part. That's the challenge sometimes to chip away until we finally get to that place that's inside us all, which is our innate being and that place of love. Yeah, that's it. It is, it is underneath all of that. And as I said, it's like we get entangled into this web of society conditioning parental conditioning, Mm. um, governmental conditioning, you know, and we believe all this stuff that's been placed on us. But if we just kind of drop into our centre for a moment and ask ourselves, not from our head but from our heart, does this feel true to me? Am I really a bad person? And then you'll hear something so subtle and so soft with inside of you say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not you. And then from there we get to go, right, okay, let's dig a little bit deeper. What was that conditioning? Where did that come from? Was that my belief? Was it someone else's belief? And we start to discern, you know, which what's ours and what's not ours, and then we start to peel away and, you know, strip back. But, you know, with this too, you, you can go through a certain amount of talking about it, but, you know, as you know, I'm a, a breathwork facilitator as well. The breathwork really um, taps into our nervous system and accesses this place where the trauma is stored in the system. So we can't, or in my experience, you know, after years of therapy, I, I realized that talking about it doesn't quite clear it out. And this trauma stuff is, is, is embedded in ourselves. Like it's in a, it's a very deep level. So, you know, as we're just having this conversation about it, that, that opens up some awareness, but to really clear the system of it, we need to get into the nervous system and start clearing out on that most foundational level because that's where the trauma stores. Is the trauma stores in the body. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think there's probably a few ways that you can get in touch. And I think any kind of somatic healing is great. Anything that involves body work um, or a trauma-informed therapist where they're inclined to work more with the body and the actual feeling sensations and like you say, the breath work, yoga, meditation, it all helps towards that kind of stuff. Even yeah. singing. And yeah, singing's great too. Yeah. But even if it, in those first stages, if that kind of feels too much for you, that, you know, the first thing, you know, realising that we're all energy. So even just going for a walk, you know, moving your energy, getting your body moving. So that might be the first steps, you know. Um, I'm going to get up at half an hour earlier in the morning and I'm just going to walk for half an hour. So just to get the energy moving. So, you know, also too, when we talk about, you know, there's this kind of thing about, you know, everyone talks about self-love and how do we do self-love and we go for a massage and we go for a walk or we read a book. So if you look beneath the surface of that, what is that looking for? So on a physical level, yeah, we're moving the body, we're moving the energy so we can free up that energy so we can feel more. When we feel more, we get more back into ourself. So as I said before, innately we always know. So we're doing these activities on the physical level, calling it self-love. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to take a bath. What happens in the bath? Your mind might get quiet. You're still. You're in peace. What happens then? You come back into self. 
So there's the physical aspect of what we think is self-love and then it's the deeper innate knowing, which is always just trying to guide us back within, like come back in your heart, come back in your heart. That's where the answers actually all lie. They're not outside of ourselves. Um, but, you know, we're conditioned to believe and think that the whole world exists outside of ourself. And we put so much emphasis on being out in the world and putting on an appearance in the world and our identity in the world. When actually, you know, when we're out in the world, we're in this kind of doing sense, you know. But if you look at us, we're actually called a human being. We're meant to be in this place of being in stillness also. So if you're constantly go, 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 go outside of yourself, energy, you know, from in to out, you know, you, you, for one, you get quite exhausted when you have that kind of personality or that trait that you're always, you know, distracting yourself from yourself and your energy is always coming out, out, out. When we're talking about this act of self-love, it's actually about guiding the energy back in. So the flow of energy comes back within itself. And that's where the, the healing, the growth, the awareness And the love start to arise. So yes, you can be out in the world and we do all these things, but we need to be with ourselves to know ourselves first, you know. And as we say, Daddy, like it's extremely hard. If you're in the throes of any kind of addiction or still in in the thick of trauma, that is a very dense feeling in the body. And it's very hard to shift that. So that's why we say, you know, go for a walk or do some breath work, just get that energy moving so you have some space and you can come into the flow. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so many layers. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can just start at a very fundamental level too. Like, how would I, how can I care for myself? How can I show up for myself? So it might be to give you, to go and exercise and look after your body in just the smallest possible way that you can, that's doable for you. And that's an act of self-love and thinking about what you're putting in your body, you know, is, and is that can be an act of self-love. There are a lot of things that can be an act of self-love where we're showing up for ourselves and kind of telling our subconscious, see, someone loves me enough to give me some decent food and, you know, someone loves me enough to take me outside for a walk, which is the self, right? Mm-hmm. And um, really kind of showing up for yourself and thinking, well, how would I treat myself if I loved myself unconditionally? How would I start to treat myself? Who would I be around? You know, what company would I keep? And yeah, how would that look for me? You can almost design it. You can imagine that if you were to imagine how it would be to love yourself so completely, how you would show up for yourself. So with myself, I knew I had to start loving myself because I read Anita Morjani's book, Dying to Be Me, which I've talked about lots in this podcast. Um, But her whole thing, and she realized through her journey when she, so if anyone hasn't read this book, read it. It's incredible. If you want to talk about self-love and her healing journey that she went on, um, she was at end stage cancer and crossed over. Um, but she realized when she crossed over to the other side and came back and had this miraculous recovery that life and the whole point of life was to love and be loved, but the love has to come from within yourself. And, um, it's, everything's about love. It's all love. And we just, you know, it's all about letting go and just loving and loving ourselves and living fearlessly, living without fear. It's such a beautiful book. Have you read it, Sam? No, I haven't actually. Oh, my God. I (laughs) I read everything about love. Oh, Uh, you've got to read this book. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, But yeah, when you think about that, it's, it's like at the most fundamental level, we are love. 
we are always we are love that's who we are that is our essence our essence isn't hate and our essence isn't fear that's conditioning absolutely yeah totally she this is a quote from her book where she talks about love and that unconditional love and she said I understood that at the core our essence is made of pure love we are pure love every single one of us how can we not be if we came from the whole and returned to it I knew that realizing this meant never being afraid of who we are therefore being love and or and being our true self is one and the same thing oh yeah absolutely isn't it and and it's just I think this is where part of the issues with humanity is is that we don't know ourselves on that level that we are love like we think oh we're just this meat suit floating around on this spinning ball <laughs> in space well it is like if you if you break it down to that that's kind of like what of us you know a lot of us kind of feel is the journey but there's something so much more like the magic is real the love is real and anything other than that is an illusion and we become trapped in it. It's like we become trapped in the matrix of all this conditioned stuff and our job is really just to peel back those layers and discover the truth of who we are. And so that really is what self-love is, is coming back to ourself and living from that place. You know, you know, for me coming away on this trip, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of parents and mothers out there listening a part of me just before I left, I sort of thought, oh, you know, I should be here with the kids and I, I should be cooking dinners and making lunches and all of that. That story started to play through my mind. And, um, you know, it took a bit of courage to, you know, to book the flight and go on my own. But I, I always come back to this feeling as if like, what do I want to embody and show to my kids and my husband? And it's like this self-fulfilling um, sense of purpose you know and when I'm in on purpose and in alignment I can serve them better I can serve community better so you know we can be in this place of you know this busyness and I need to do this and I need to do that for everyone else but if we're not filling our own cup you know what we're giving out to we can only give what we are so then we're only only giving back out you know a small percentage of ourselves, and you know, I, I always come back to that point. It's just like, well, I want to give all of me, like the best of me to my family and to the to my community and, and everyone around. I don't want to give these like bits and pieces of, you know, and there's this bit of like regret or resentment, all this other stuff tied into it. It's just like owning ourselves, And then from that place, we give and share and we're just, you know, knowing what's right for us too, you know, listening to that voice not in the head, but in the heart, you know, what is truly right for you? What do you, what do you want to do? This is your life journey. Like it's important stuff. <laughs> it really is. And it's like giving yourself enough value and enough love to live the life that you were here to live without yeah. excuses. Yeah. And we do lose sight of that when we lose that connection to ourselves, And that's what recovery is. It's recovering ourself. <laughs> It's recovering that that love that we're kind of born with. Which the other thing, I, uh, it's something that Gabor said in one of the one of the lectures um, that we did in the CI course, where he says that there is part of you that loves you enough to get you here. So for people in recovery, there's a part of you that thought, "I love you," you know, "I am going to feed you today." There's a part of you that love you enough that loves you enough to get you to your breathwork session or to your meditation session or to sign up to, you know, or to go to AA or something. There is that part. 
and trying to connect with that part because we all have that one little bit, that one little tiny piece of us that does love us enough to reach out and ask for help and recognising that that is there. It's there in all of us. And so letting that part express itself and grow um, over time. Yeah, with, and with tuning, in, tuning into that as well, you know, that's that's soul, that's self, you know, speaking to us. It's saying, hello, I'm here, even though I'm buried underneath all the, the rubbish and the junk and the conditioning, there's that part of ourself that's still speaking to ourselves. That's what I say all the time is that innately we always know. Yeah. There's a deep, deep knowing, but we've got to trust that knowing. You know, we can go push it down, we can ignore it, or we're like, oh, no, this is this is the easier way because sometimes, you know, this path isn't an easy path to go within and to accept the mistakes that we've made and to be with that isn't easy sometimes, but that's mm-hmm. where the growth happens. You know, we can deny it and we can push it away and we can keep playing out the same old habit, same old pattern. Uh, and what do we do then? We're just getting nowhere. But as I said, you know, we're here to grow and to learn. So in that is like acceptance of, yeah, there's the mistakes I can take it like a big girl. I can own it. I can go, wow, that was a, a doozy. And what was the lesson in that? You yeah. know, what yeah. was the lesson? And then you just keep, you know, it's almost like you keep feeding into those bits a little bit more, like listening in a little bit deeper. You know, I'm on this journey this this week and it's all about letting go of everything in my mind and listening to my heart. So when my heart says, right, we're going to yoga we're doing this it's kind of like I'm in this flow which is called you know living in the flow state it's like life becomes so much easier and graceful when we're in this trust and this flow with ourselves. we we are always guided our job is just to you know to get out of our own way basically and and to come back into that flow of life so you know if you are in that place where it's still very dense you know that that heaviness just know that it's it is not the truth of who you are be aware of the heaviness journal it write down yes I feel tension in my body I feel anger arising and then like we said last week it's allowing whatever's in there just to flow through we're not trying to stuff anything back down we're just trying to be in acceptance with it you know even journal it write a forgiveness letter to yourself that is one of the most powerful practices you can ever do you write it all down and you connect in with those parts that stuffed up and and you forgive yourself Mm. And and that in that is the healing and the love again. It's like that's an act of self-love, forgiveness. Oh, yeah, that's huge. And we'll definitely talk about forgiveness. I think that's going to be a great topic to talk about. Um, but I agree, like any, I think I'm really into writing letters to all parts oh, of so you, good. all the different yeah. parts that show up. And I think a, a forgiveness letter is a beautiful idea. Absolutely. And this week on our one of our final calls for this current group, we talked about self-love and some of the grads came into the call. And Andrew, do you remember Andrew from the Breathwork? Yes, we asked, I love Andrew. He's great, isn't he? I asked everyone, you know, where their self, on a scale of one to 10, where was their self-love at um, before they'd stopped drinking or before they'd started, you know, this, this journey? And where was it at now? And he said his self-love was at one before he stopped drinking and now he's at nine and I thought wow that's such a massive difference and you know it's it didn't happen overnight and I think it's something that he's working on all the time and everyone had different um different scores for where they were at but it just alcohol and drugs and it just disconnects us with ourselves more and more and that 
self-hatred and self-loathing and we lose our sense of love so much unfortunately we just lose that connection to ourselves every time we drink and have a massive night we've just had a bit more connection lost and I really do think that alcohol is a massive blockage for self-love when it's got out of control I'm talking I'm not talking one or two drinks yeah I really do believe that Yeah, I had such an amazing awareness with this, Danny, and and let me know your thoughts on this. Interesting drop-in or awareness that I had around this kind of feeling about, you know, why, why we drink and why we take drugs. And I kind of had this sense that we do it because we're trying to escape our immediate reality, our situation, you know, the pain or the discomfort that we feel in our body and in our mind. We're using the alcohol as a way to escape that. And then I I kind of fell into that and I was like, well, where are we trying to go if we're trying to escape that? And I could kind of sense that we're actually, it's the self, again, looking for self. It's trying to find itself. And we've accidentally picked up this thing of alcohol or drugs to escape the reality to try and come back to self. But all that alcohol has done is really taken us on the wrong path. So innately, we're, we're trying to find ourselves. We've just using the alcohol as a way to get there. And it's just the wrong way. So as I said before, like self is always looking for self. We're always trying to come back to ourself. If we don't feel good enough, if we feel discomfort, if we feel tension, if we feel the trauma in the system and the pain is so intense, the soul doesn't want to feel like that. You know, we, we want to feel peace and happiness and joy. Um, so we're kind of using that alcohol or those drugs as, an, as, a, as a route out of the way that we feel, trying to get back to that peace and joy and that freedom state. But obviously it's like the alcohol is, is the poison. It's, it's not taking us there. It's keeping us further away. You know, that's, that's the, becomes another blockage. But that's what I mean. Innately we know that that discomfort, that pain is not the truth of who we are. So if you can see that there is another way, we don't go the alcohol route, we go, okay, so how do I dive into that? You know, I I need, I'm I'm wanting a different experience. This feeling of pain doesn't feel quite right in my body. I know there's something more. Let's explore it in another way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also, you're so right. It's, it really is that it causes such a blockage and we're just trying, like everyone's just trying to feel good you know, at the end of the day, and everyone's just doing their best to kind of cope with this shit show that's called life sometimes. But it's actually, it's the irony is that it's once we take away the alcohol and we're right in the shit show of life, that that's when things actually start to unfold and become a lot smoother. And we do get that connection back to ourselves, but it just takes a while, you know, so it's not something you know, that you can, you can rush, you can't hurry these things. But I I would also just, you know, sometimes it's really enlightening just to ask that question, how much do I love myself? And for everyone listening, if I was to say on a scale of one to 10, where's this self-love sit? You know, where does it sit? Because if it's under five, I would say definitely there's something that needs to be addressed here because you deserve to love you. You deserve to be loved by you. Because I think when we're not loving ourselves enough, we're reaching for externals. We want someone else, like you said, start someone to fill that for us. And it's a huge expectation to put on other people as well. If we're not feeling right and complete in ourselves, we're expecting someone else to act and behave in a certain way. So we feel okay. 
it's it's setting up it's a recipe for disaster and disappointment more disappointment and then what happens and we feel even more unloved and then we're mm. in that cycle again you know so that's that funny that, it's yeah. it is that thing isn't it it's and I think that's where a lot of the disappointment on the human level comes because we're looking for love outside of ourselves. you know we're looking for it in a partner or in you know sometimes in our kids we're overly kind of needing you know attention or whatever it, it might be but if you just come back to this understanding that you know love or is your acceptance of you as a beautiful being and love is only ever felt within you and then from that place you share your love with the other so if you can come to realize that we're all on this individual journey through life we're all in this school of life you know love is unconditional love mm. has it has no boundaries it's mm. accepting it's boundless it's generous it's giving it's uplifting it's inclusive that is mm. love and love is only ever existing within you mm. you know you can share your love with another and another can share their love with you, but you're not getting and giving love. It's not a get and a give, and then I can lose it and it's gone, and then I don't have love and I'm unlovable. you got to take mm. all that away because all love is just self-love, and then from that place it's shared with other. Yeah. So it takes, again, this pressure off having to find my soulmate or my true love. Your true love is you. <laughs> and yes. when you love yourself deeply enough, and, uh, you know, anchored in yourself and, and in this place of acceptance and love, then everything that is meant for you will come your way. You have to trust in that. It mm. takes the pressure of having to find this and do this and be someone else. Like, you know, how often do you see people just trying to impress others or, or be something that they're not? That's not very attractive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? What is attractive is when you see someone who truly loves themselves and is comfortable in their own skin, and that is love, and that's what attracts. Yeah, and I think it's like you say, it's unconditional, and it's like laughing at your mistakes and admitting when you're wrong, like you said earlier, and you know, seeing yourself as you are, you know, warts and all, standing in the mirror and, and looking at your saggy bits and whatever, and. <laughs> Just, just, you know, knowing that you're okay <laughs> and you are so lovable, you're so perfect just as you are. And if you're driving or whatever you're doing right now, even if you just took a minute just to tell yourself, you know, self, <laughs> I love you, I really love you and I'm going to do better for us as a unit <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to get, deliver that. Yeah. On a daily don't, basis. Don't be afraid. Like, that's great that you said that, Danny. Is like, start to have this internal conversation with yourself. Like, ask yourself at the deepest level, what do you desire? Like, mm. how do I want to feel? Like, get into that place, not in the head. Remember, it's not in the brain analytical thinking space. It's in your heart. So, like, as you said, Danny, close your eyes and then just drop into that space. And it's just like, what do I truly want? Like, who am I really? And wait for the answers. You'll be so amazed what what comes through when you get into that place of silence. And that's just, you know, something about this uh, understanding of self. Self is experienced in the silence. So you can't find yourself in the busyness and the distraction of the world, unfortunately. And this might just be a quiet walk on the beach. You know, don't put your headphones in, don't put the music in, just... Be with yourself and when you're in that silence, 
things start to arise, maybe their thoughts, maybe their awarenesses. And then it's like you get to witness what's coming up. You know, it might be like, oh, gosh, I didn't know that thought was still in there. And it's kind of like you get to see it and then you just get to let it go. And then another thing will come up and you get to let that go as well. So you come from this place of like being the witnesser to everything that's arising in the mind. Mm. And then from that place, it's just like this letting go and then more space arises. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, you feel so much lighter not carrying this content that's just flying around in our mind. You know, most of the time it's this inner critic, like judging everything we do and say. Mm. Um, And it's, you know, stepping out of that place and observing, wow, my thoughts can be pretty full on sometimes. Like, do I really want to believe what they're saying in this moment? And then, you know, I always do this thing. It's just like I ask myself, is it really true? Is is that really true? Mm. And you end up laughing to yourself because you start to tap into the bullshit stories that the mind is telling you and you get to get a little bit beyond that. And then in that space is where we start to, you know, create and feel and, um, you know, create and carve the life that we desire but you got to step out of that kind of matrix and that that conditioning and that that intense uh you know denseness of the mind you know you really do have to watch it you really do have to watch it and I think uh that work of Byron Katie I talk about a lot on the podcast in the book loving what is and asking those questions you know is it really true especially when the inner critic is showing up and we don't have to believe it just because it's what's going on in our mind and we can choose more loving thoughts particularly when the inner critic shows up and actually that leads me to a question that came through from Elizabeth she asked how do you learn to start loving yourself when the inner critic is so strong what would you say to her Sam mine would be to to my answer to that is to try and replace the inner critic thoughts with more loving thoughts what would you say um, I would say just be with what is there in the moment. And then, you know, I, uh, you just mentioned the work of Byron Katie, which is so simple, but so um, profound, you know. So, you know, if that is there, then it, it, I would definitely say just be with the thoughts. Okay, that's the thought that's coming. And then you'd almost write down, okay, so what is the thought? You know, I'm not good enough. And then it's like, is that really true? And then you sort of start to dig below that. And then you come into this place. So who would I actually be if that thought didn't exist? Mm. And it's like, Mm. ah, and then you know that there's a place where that thought doesn't exist. And it's like, oh, hang on a second. I get to choose. And, you know, for me, when I was uh, trapped in a cycle of um, uh, like my trauma was coming up and uh, the, the thoughts and the feelings and the visualizations of a situation kept replaying through my mind. And when that was happening, it was just, I would cut it off. It was just like, no, no, we're not going there. It's not true. It's not real. I'm in the present moment. I'm here. I take a breath and I exhale. Mm. And then the thought would come again. And it's like, no, we're not having that thought. It's just, yep, it's not true. Take a breath in, exhale it out. So Mm. self-awareness first, like just be with what is, don't, you know, allow the the system to go into anxiety or fear. It's just accept what's there. Okay, I see you. I see Mm. that thought. Okay, now I get to choose. Like, how do I want to respond to that thought? Am I going to react or am I going to respond in a way that's of my highest good? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. It makes such a huge difference if you can give yourself that space to ask those questions. But it takes a bit of commitment. You have to have a little bit of discipline too because sometimes it's really easy to go and follow those thoughts down that rabbit hole. So I think there is an amount of discipline that has to come in where you say, no, 
we're not going there and I'm going to choose another thought or I'm going to question that thought or be with it, but I'm not going to believe it. Um, I think is really important. Yeah. It's small it's, steps, you know, like, as we say, it's, it's mm. a, it's a long road and yeah. we're always learning. Like even, you know, I've been on this path for 27 years and I'm still learning, you know, I got on a motorbike yesterday for the first time and I felt fear come in and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Here's fear. You know, what's that showing me? It's like, okay, I just need to be aware when I'm on the road. And I was like, cool. That's the, that's the lesson. That's the learning, you know? So it still shows up, you know, things still, it's not like you get to a place and all of a sudden it's all gone and, you know, howdy doody life's amazing it's it's not kind of that it's not the goal it's like how do we be on this journey of life with this open heart this learning and this acceptance and this evolution you know when you look at at life everything's growing and evolving so we just want to be moving in that direction there's no race there's no rush there's no way to get to it's just like how present can I be in each moment how much can I show up for myself for my highest good and that just really starts with self-awareness, you know, like just being aware, how am I feeling in my body in this moment? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, okay, and so if if someone is hating on themselves and they're thinking, oh, what's all well and good for you two? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what could we say to those people? What could be the first, the very first baby step that's something that's, really achievable and really easy um to that you know it's a good step forward in the in the way of becoming more loving towards yourself I think the first step is um you know just honoring yourself honoring your journey and being kind to yourself like we can be so harsh and um critical on ourself I know that you know my inner critic was so crazy you know it still shows up from time to time as you know Danny um <laughs> but it's it's really about you know okay I'm, I'm going to turn my attention inward and I'm just going to start to listen to my heart because the stories in my head sometimes are not always true and mm. there is a place in my heart that is always guiding me and if I just yeah. spend a couple of minutes here each day even if it's just five minutes Give yourself that gift, five minutes mm. with yourself. And then from there, you'll start to see there'll even in five minutes a day, there'll be a little bit more awareness, there'll be a little bit more opening, we'll start to see a little bit more clearer, the self love will start to arise. And then from there, you know, you've guided Then The next step, it might be okay, I'm going to go to a yoga class, or I'm going to go do an ice bath, or I'm going to, you know, whatever it might be, just first and foremost, start in your heart, in the silence of your heart, learn to get comfortable there, trust the guidance, and you'll be shown the way. Honestly, Mm. you will. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And even on a a practical note too, sometimes even thinking about or writing down your achievements, you know, what what you've achieved in life or what are the hurdles you've overcome, you know, what have you done well? What do you do well on a daily basis? It might be I brush my teeth well. <laughs> it might be, you know, it could be anything, the most tiny thing that you can find about yourself that you can start to remind yourself that you are good at something and you are worth it. Um, you can, you know, just tapping into all those things, all those good qualities that we all have. There's got to be at least one good quality that you can think about about yourself and um and start even adding to those and just reminding yourself that 
Yeah, well done. You know, it's huge if you, it, especially if you're, um, that's great for early days in sobriety, but even sometimes if we get a year down the track, two years down the track in our sobriety, and we're still working on this stuff, you're still working, you still have to be reminded to check in and to give yourself a wink in the mirror and tell yourself you're okay, kid. <laughs> and and looking in the mirror, I'm, I'm a big fan of mirror work and looking in the mirror and reminding myself that I'm loved. And actually that's another thing, Sam, if I'm feeling a bit um, triggered or if something's upset me that might've happened with someone or not happened or, you know, someone, you know, if you're a sensitive type like me, um, I'll just put my hand on my heart and I'll just remind myself that I'm loved. Mm-hmm. And I find that really, really helpful. I'll just say, even I'll just say, Shh, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm comforting a little baby and then I'll just say, you know, I'm, you know, I, you are loved, you're loved, you're so loved. And I'll just keep saying it over and over until I feel my system settle a little bit. And I find that works really well for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Just, and just coming back to your center, you know, that's yeah. the place where you'll be guided from and that's our anchoring place. You know, that's our home. Our heart is our center. It is our home. It's yeah where our, you know, our deepest knowing and wisdom and, and truth lies. So it's like, okay, if, if, you know, shit's spinning around in the mind, it's just like, can I just drop into my heart just for a moment and see how that feels? And you feel mm. that there's a sense of something there, you know, beyond the thought. There's something warm there. There's something supportive there. There's something nourishing there. Yeah. Um, it's it's like, you know, you know, you recharge your computer or your phone every day. You've got to plug back into the source. Yeah, And this is what we need to do with ourself each day is plug back into our source. Mm. And then that's where we get the energy and we get the recharge and we get that, right, let's go again, you know. But if we're constantly go, go, go and distracting ourselves from ourselves, we're depleted, we're like spinning in, in the noise of the mind as opposed mm. to the truth of the heart. So, you know, I guess that's kind of my my deepest thing and learning for me was getting out of the head and just coming back into the body, coming back into the heart and just learning to be okay with the feelings, like the sensations in the body, connecting in with those, grounding yourself in your being, like not in your thought, in your being, like how amazing is it to be in this human body? Yes, it can feel hard sometimes, but whoa, look at the intelligence in this gift of a human form that I have. And, and, you know, another great thing is like, you know, if you, if you look at the the broader perspective of things, you know, like, as I said before, we're like these meat suits spinning on a blue ball in space. Like, and when we think about all our little tiny problems of this happened and that happened, like, do you not kind of have a moment of going, it's very insignificant, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's something so much more, you know, that's why I keep saying, get out of our own way. Sometimes just, put down the inner critic and, and um, come back into, into your center because you, yeah, from here you're always guided. Yeah. yeah. And if you can, can, if you can manage to drop all that story that goes along with the inner critic, um, try and drop it all. And just to get back into the moment for a minute and just so you can put the brakes on that thing. And if that's just to be with your breath for a moment, I find that's really handy. If, if, if it's going a bit crazy to say, Shh, I'll get back to you in a minute. I'm just going to go to my breath for a moment yeah. and try and tune in. One thing I know when we've done the breath work, um, when you take us through a meditation and you drop into that heart space, I find that really beautiful. So just to go back to what you were saying before, connecting into your heart, I actually find that really, really powerful when you get into that space 
of the heart center. It's something about it, even though it's, I don't know, even though it's just this beating, this thing that beats there, but there really is this kind of feeling, this sense of love that goes there with your heart. It's, I don't know. And so when you've done that, when we do that meditation with you, I just love that when you talk about just dropping into the heart space and really feeling that sense of love and really connecting to that part of ourselves. It's very beautiful. I really love that. Yeah. That's, that's our self. That's our essence. That's our Mm. presence. You know, Mm. that's who we really are beyond the noise, beyond the stories, beyond the trauma. There is a part of us that is never broken, never damaged, nothing wrong with never dying. There's a part of us that is infinite and that's what you're tapping back into. And the more we clear out the crap that isn't us, we open up to the part of us that is us. And that is where the love and the joy and the beauty, this this sense just starts filling us and that becomes our experience of life. But we've got to let go of the shit. You know, we've got to let go of the baggage and the stuff, the conditioning that we've collected over the way. And, you know, give yourself, you know, a pat on the back, you know, for how far you've come. But now is the time where you get to choose, do I really want to carry this crap with me any longer? Because you know it feels heavy. You know it creates tension in your body. You know it makes you come into unconscious habits, you know, drinking, smoking, um, drugs, whatever it may be, you know. But you've got to come come to that place where it's like, okay, you know, it served me for this long, but is this how I want to continue? Because if life is evolution and if you're still, you know, going through the same habits, are you evolving? Mm, absolutely and it's sort of and just cycling back to that question I sort of put out there before but I'll just sort of just to reiterate one more time like if you like if you were to think about yourself and if you were to think about filling yourself with complete love and just thinking is this is this the most loving path for me that I'm on right now or what could what is the most loving thing I can do for myself right now in this moment in this day tonight when I get home from work what is the most loving thing I can do for myself? Is it necking a bottle of scotch or is it perhaps getting into a bath or connecting with nature or connecting with your breath or doing a breathwork class? That's loving. It's not loving to go and smash yourself with junk food and wine and, you know, all the, you know, that getting in front of Netflix to tune out. It's not loving. It's not being present with yourself. So, and I always just think, think of how you'd love a little baby and treat yourself that way. You know, you don't kind of just neglect your baby and chuck it in front of the TV, especially, you know, when they're a little baby, you kind of, you just adore them and you, you know, give them attention and love. And could you do that for yourself? And how does that look for you? Um, It's a really good way of, of seeing it. So how can I show up for myself in a more loving way? And is this the most loving choice I can make for myself right now? If you, you know, am I on the most loving path? So it's really important. I've got in Sanskrit tattooed on my arm after listening to Wayne Dyer talking about divine love. And so on my arm, this tattoo says, I am divine love. And that's a reminder to me to see that every day and to remember that I am divine love. It's in me. It's the only place I'm ever going to get it from completely is from within me, that, that divine love. Yes. That's funny you say that. I've got a tattoo on my arm of a love heart <laughs> for the same reason because it's the reminder of we are love, you know, and anything, all there is is love and anything else is 
you know, normally based in fear, it's an illusion. So your job is to, you know, take off the tinted colored glasses, give your glasses a good, you know, your lens a good clean from what you're looking out through and start to see and experience life in a different way. You know, mm. it's, it is, it is a radical act of self-responsibility and self-love to step into this path, to own your power, to own your truth, and to know that you are more than what you have been led to believe. Mm. You're so much more powerful than that. And I think that's why I love the practices as well. And, you know, these conversations, it's like, if I can initiate or help you get back to a place of knowing that you are more powerful than you've been led to believe, that is that is inner strength. That is, that is the thing, you know, we, we need this sense of inner power to keep us moving forward. If we're sort of in this self-loathing, I'm not good enough state, it's really hard to get the momentum, the energy moving. But if you can step into like, holy shit, I'm a powerful being, like, look at me, look, you know, look at my body, look at, you know, this life, look at the gift I've been given, this power, this creates a bit of momentum and a bit of energy to keep us going, you know, like trusting in ourselves. all these things, create the momentum to keep moving us forward not holding us back yeah absolutely and I think looking at this, the state of your life even the state of your body to an extent um and I hope no one takes offense to that we might have to talk about that Sam <laughs> but, in there, but really this what state am I in is probably a reflection of how much I'm loving myself right now I think that's a really good barometer and also even like how how much you know, how offended I'm getting from, you know, if I'm getting really offended by people all the time or hurt and things by other people, like if I was truly loving myself to the complete capacity that I possibly could, no matter what someone said to me, it would just bounce off me because I'm just like, I'm okay. I'm all right inside. Cause I'm, I'm full of love. It can, mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, you realise that other people's opinions are other people's opinions. <laughs> That's actually none of your business, what other people say or think of you, you know. Like it becomes mm. when, you're, when you're self-fulfilling, and we are a self-fulfilling being, um, you know, you acknowledge that others are on their journey and your journey may be different to theirs and that's okay because we are all on our own individual path. Um, again, you get this kind of sense of it's okay, like, you know sometimes it'll trigger a little something in you but it's again okay look at that is that really am I going to take that on board or can I just leave that aside you know it's Mm. like we keep coming back to this create a little bit of space so you get to choose you get to respond instead of react you know when Mm. we're moving through life unconsciously we're always in this reactory sort of mode like something happens a trigger and we react and it's very conditioned it just is the same kind of behavioral pattern over and over again until we go oh hang on a second this isn't feeling so right or it's not really leading me down a path that I desire to be on Um, you need to have that awareness and that space to go okay well that's interesting that that happened Um, okay I'm just going to leave that that's that's not my business yeah you can Um, just get yourself out of it it's like I don't have to be involved in that yeah, yeah, but you you know, firstly, you have to have enough um, self awareness and self love for yourself to to be full enough inside to not you know be this fragile, frail being that's kind of susceptible to all the stuff that goes on in life. Because you know, when when we're very weak in our system, we're very susceptible to opinions, the world, the noise, the distractions. You know, it just hits us. It's like we've got no kind of internal. Uh, strength or barrier to protect us from all this you know input coming in so we want to get to a place where we get to choose like what are we ingesting 
It's mm. like, what are, what are we ingesting uh, scrolling through our phone? What are we ingesting what we drink, what we eat, what we watch on TV, the company that we keep, all of that stuff, you know, as you get on this path, it becomes very refined and you get very mm. clear about what's right for you and what's not right for you. Yeah. And I so, think, like I yeah. said, I think all that stuff is the barometer of how much you're loving yourself too, like how much you're getting sucked into everything else. I know one thing that self-love has given me, and I'm going to ask you the same question in a second, but for me, what self-love has given me is boundaries. It's been, I've been able to place a lot of boundaries because I'm a sensitive type, so I can get hurt very easily. And uh, one thing that I've needed to do was to put boundaries up and that is the greatest gift I've got from self-love and if I was to ask you that Sam what is the greatest gift you've got from self-love what would you say that would be oh, for me self-love is about freedom the freedom to be the being mm. that I was here to be mm. uh, and that's what it really is about love is freedom yeah the freedom to be who we are without mm. constriction, without constraints, without conditions, the freedom to exist and uh, show up and live our purpose, you know, to bring our gifts to the world. You know, when I'm not in self-love, I'm not of service. When I'm in deepest self-love, I'm in higher service, not just for myself but to everyone around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, amazing, beautiful. Well, I think, I mean, we could talk about it for hours, but I think we've given it a pretty good nudge today. Yeah. <laughs> On the self I'm sure you've got a nasi goreng to eat. <laughs> Is that the most loving choice? <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's pretty We're here to experience life as well too. It's like, let's not be too hard on ourselves, but, you know, know what's where our limits are and, you know, be, yeah. be a little bit clear of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Danny. Thanks so much, Sam. I'm looking forward to catching up next week. Me too. Enjoy Bali. I shall. So much love. (laughs) See ya. See ya. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.